1: Championship Roundtable podcast. You can follow us at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm your host, Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger, and podcast host
2: on this occasion. Hi, I'm Kevin from uh, Legion United Mad, Legion United Mad website, and Twitter handle is Legion United underscore mad.
3: Hi, I'm Simon Pickup, editor of the Tarhurst End of Reading. Uh, website and I appear on the podcast sometimes. You can find me on Twitter at sim from Bucks and find us on Twitter at the Tire Stand.
1: Thank you very much for joining us, guys. It's uh, great to have you both on. Obviously, um, a lot to talk about regarding the championship. We know it's the international break, but what I'll quickly do is uh, go over the results from last weekend. So, starting with Leeds. Uh, The early kickoff. they drew 1-1 with Brentford. Um, Middlesbrough losing at home 2-0 against Nottingham Forest. Millwall 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. Uh, Norwich losing 1-0 at home to Stoke. Preston uh, 4-0 winners against Wigan. Queen's Park Rangers drawing 1-0 with Derby. Sheffield United winning again 1-0 against Hull. Uh, Swansea City losing 2-3 at home to Ipswich. Uh, West Brom. Uh, victorious 4-1 winners against Reading, uh, Birmingham winning 3-1, at home to Rotherham uh, Bolton losing at home 1-0 to Blackburn and on the Sunday there, uh, my team 2-1 victorious away at Bristol City, so initially guys um, you know, that's the results roundup of the week or the weekend should I say uh, what is the biggest win and the, and the surprise win in, in your eyes?
2: For me uh, um, I think obviously Ipswich beating Swansea three-two away was 12th time of asking for the new manager there. So it's been a long time coming, but nobody yeah. would have expected nobody would have expected them to get the win at Swansea, who we were obviously one of the favourites for promotion this season. A magnificent win for them. Preston's 4-0 win against Wigan stands out because Wigan have been doing quite well recently. And um, let me have a look. Uh, yeah, Millwall, I suppose, beating Villa there, but one for a while. But obviously, Villa were in a bit of um, disarray at the time, mm. so maybe maybe not a major surprise. So they're the sort of major results that sort of stand out for me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll we'll talk about Aston Villa. Have you got any other different ones there, uh, Simeon?
3: No, not to be not to be honest. Um, Ipswich getting a win and Preston as well a uh, vital three points for both of them. You need to start picking up points at this early stage. I know it's still early, but if they're not picking up points even now, then there's a, a risk of these teams getting cut adrift. So it's a really uh, good step for Paul Hurst and uh, Alex that They got the win at the weekend.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got a couple down there and you've, you've mentioned one of them already is obviously Ipswich. Huge win at Swansea. Didn't see that coming. I know uh they managed to grab that late goal through Chalabar in the 84th to minute. Uh, but the biggest one for me uh, was Forrest's win at Borough. Uh, I've said all along that I expected Borough not to drop many points at home this season. Uh, but Forrest winning 2-0 has put them right in the thick of it, in the uh, obviously in the playoffs. And uh, both second-half goals from uh, Lolly in the 50th minute, cracking strike. And then grabbing with his fifth of the season in the 77th minute was... Uh, a great victory for Forest, so they've pushed right up the table. Um, is, is if you were to pick one game, though, both of you as like a surprise uh, victory, maybe uh, is there any one in particular that you would pick?
2: Just one game for me, just the switch game, really. I think it came out of the blue a little bit that one. Mm. I think I don't know. I don't even know what the form's like. I don't know if they've been playing well or the snatching bad results, but. Uh, and Anybody who goes to Swansea and gets to victory, I mean, we had a tough game there ourselves when we just scraped a 2-2 two, two draw. So that was, for me, that could kickstart their season now.
1: Yeah, they, they picked up three draws, then they lost, and then they obviously they won at the weekend. So yes, they, that was a huge win for them because they haven't won at all in a while. Uh, yes, same question to you, Simeon.
3: Yeah, Forest win, as you mentioned earlier. Um, mm. Middlesbrough are the kind of team that you would usually bank on to... Um, edge these kind of games. I know Forrest are kind of up in the top six, so it's one of those um, um, promotion clashes um, even this early on in the season. You usually back a Tony Pulis side to maybe edge it 1-0 or get a clean sheet and pull off some kind of result. But for Forrest, still kind of a um, a pretty new side considering all the signings they made in the summer. For them to go up to Middlesbrough a real um, promotion favourite side. Um, and to get a tuna win is very impressive. To get a clean sheet as well, and um, it's a real sign of how they could hopefully kick on and perhaps trouble the top two later on in the in the season.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think under Karanka, a lot of you know people would have tipped Forest to be in that top six, and 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 they're there now. And to be honest, I expect them to be roughly around there till the end of the season, like like I mentioned there. Um, but. Moving on topics, the biggest news of the week uh, and today as we record, actually, um, Dean Smith appointed as Aston Villa boss, um, John Terry as assistant. What are your, you know, both your initial reactions to that? I know we talk a lot about Brentford and, and Dean Smith and, you know, we we admire him as a manager. So I'm guessing you'll say that's a good appointment. But yeah, what what's your initial
2: reaction there? <coughs> Uh, yeah, not a surprise. I mean, first of all, can I just send respects out to uh, Villa fans for Doug Ellis who passed away. Of course, today. yeah, yeah, fantastic, fantastic chairman he was for them. Um, yeah, not a major surprise. Uh, I think he, I don't, I don't think he was first choice though. He's he might have been down the little list a little bit, but I don't think he'd be too bothered about that. I think his family is obviously and himself a big Villa fans. It's his dream job for him, really. I suppose. Um, so not a major surprise. Um, even though after the weekend, obviously he was raving how good Brentford were doing, and you know what a good season that they were having, and the, how we was looking forward to them sort of you know breaking into that top six, maybe top two. So maybe the Brentford fans will be a bit surprised after that, but. Um, not a big surprise after obviously Henry turned it down allegedly, I don't know if he was offered it but he was Mm -hmm. on the list, John Terry was obviously favoured for the number one role but he's, he's getting the number two role there um, a couple of other names were sort of bandied around, but obviously they've gone for uh, somebody fairly safe, I suppose, if you like. He's done his apprenticeship at Walsall and Brentford now, done decent jobs at both clubs, and but obviously has he got that personality to? handle all the characters that are at Aston Villa, some big names there. And um, it's going to be a massive test for him, really, because it's going to be totally different to what he's used to at Brentford and Walsall. It's going to be a massive challenge for him. And obviously, he's got John Terry as number two. Maybe he's not his first choice himself. You don't know. But he's been told he's got to work with him. And it would be interesting to see how they both do together.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, You know, from a a neutral's perspective, you know, obviously, having no... um, Indication on Aston Villa and, and Brentford. I'm, I'm not really fussed what they do, but yeah, Dean Smith has been a great, great manager there. And you know, I'm, sup- I'm I'm guessing a lot of people would have liked seeing Dean Smith take Brentford to the Premier League just to see how they would have done because they've, they've had a great setup and great infrastructure there, um, and he obviously knows what he's doing. What's your initial reaction, Simeon? As well,
3: yeah, a really good appointment from Villa for me. He was the mm. standout candidate, um, not just because he's a uh, Um, Villa fan himself and he's got family there so he's got that connection with the fan base and the club but also you look at the long-term job that he's done at Brentford in terms of taking younger players and kind of polishing them and improving them as players and that's what you need at a club like Villa you don't just need a um, a short-term manager who's just going to come in and get some results you need someone to buy into the club's academy who um, has got something um, a lot to, to offer in the next couple of years. You need them to bring in a proper playing style and really offer the club something over a course of a couple of couple of seasons, rather than just the short term. So for me, Smith is the the ideal man to come in and and implement that. So it's it's good to see them um, go for that that kind of manager who's worked his way up through the leagues and um, hopefully can uh, properly prove how good he is at a slightly higher level than Brentford. No disrespect to them
1: yeah definitely I, I totally agree with you there Simeon what what do you think are Villa's expectations this season now though Simeon you know I mean they're not too far off you know the playoffs and, and even the top you know they're only three points off fifth um, obviously with a long long way to go we've only played a quarter of the season where where do you think Villa will finish this season now under Dean Smith And and, and like say what are their expectations or what should they be
3: with the squad they've got, there's no reason they shouldn't be in the top six, to be honest. I know yeah. it's been a yeah. uh, slightly slower start than they might have might have hoped for, but when you've got players like Balazi in there and Tammy Abraham, they are going to score your goals, they are gonna create chances for you. And to be honest, if they're not getting in the top six, this season won't be as as good as it should be, to be honest. And I know it can take a manager a little bit of time to settle in and properly get his ideas across, but you would have hoped that from uh, Villa's point of view, he can come in and have a immediate impact by giving the whole place a lift because I know the fans were getting a little bit down about things dragging on and Steve Bruce and they need a lift, they need a boost that real um, shot of morale and hopefully he can do that. And especially with someone like John Terry who played a key part in their playoff final um, push um, not that long ago, if he can um, rejuvenate the players as well and hopefully kind of bring that link that he's already got with the players into his role as an assistant manager then perhaps Smith could have quite a a quick impact and really push them up the table
1: yeah I agree again I think like you say if, if they don't finish in the top six this season it could be looked upon as a failure although they are potentially going under a bit of a transition now but they have got the players there and you know they've got some Premier League players, so they certainly should be up there and start climbing the table. To flip reverse that, though, uh, I'll come to you, Kev. What should Brentford's cool. expectations be now? Obviously, they've had a fantastic manager, and he's been in—you know—he's been in charge at Brentford for a long while now. I know, as it stands, we don't have any idea who's going to come in in charge of Brentford uh, for the foreseeable future, but realistically what's Brentford's
2: aims now for the remainder of the season? Yeah, well, there's, there's, they're in a fantastic position, obviously, um, at the moment, uh, pushing for a playoff place. And obviously, expectations were quite high under Dean Smith because, obviously, they do play an attractive style of football.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, yeah.
2: Yep. But, um, yeah, it's going to be difficult now to sort of replace him, I suppose, because, obviously, you're sort of 12 games into a season now and you got to be looking around to see you know who's going to be available that sort of fits their style i mean they've had some good managers in the past obviously warburton did a great job there uh, over the years over sort of a couple of years he was there and when he took mm. over from rosler who did a magnificent job there uh, uwe rosler he was i think he took him into the championship from league 1 warburton continued that and made him a really good side and obviously now dean smith he's sort of taken them even further really if you like he's, he's been I think over 140 games in charge there and he's got a good percentage yeah definitely yeah. yeah but yeah I think it's going to be difficult to replace him really to, to be honest I can't think of anybody available now that could maybe fit their style so I don't know what their um what the backroom staff's like what the assistant coach is there or ever maybe he could step up a little bit I think it's going to be very difficult to to replace a manager uh, as good as what uh, Dean Smith has done at Brentford over the last sort of for two or three years.
1: Yeah, it, it's true. I mean, Dean Smith for me is one of the best Championship managers we've had in in probably a long time. And yes, he he does deserve a club like Aston Villa, and I, I wish him all the success, uh, whether that comes this season or next. Uh, but talking to managers, we'll move on topics. Um, obviously, with the international break at present, uh, it's give us time to reflect on the first quarter of the season. Let's say so. I just want to bring it up. Basically, who do you think is the manager of the season so far? I know we're only twelve games in, and it's you know it, there's a long way to go, and things will dramatically change. I am I am sure. Uh, but so far, who? who yeah, who, who's the manager of the season so far for you?
3: For me, it's got to be Darren Moore, to be honest, at West Brom. Looking at the mm-hmm. um, rejuvenating job he's doing at the club, they were um, pretty down in terms of morale coming down from the Premier League in such a disappointing fashion. But he's turned them around really quickly. We're only a dozen games at the season, but they're scoring yeah. goals for fun. They're right up the top of the table. And just looking at the, uh, the job he did on Saturday, <laughs> from the point of view of a Reading fan who was on the, the wrong end of it, Um yeah. it, even after the first half, when they were very below par, they were um, not purposeful enough. They just The performance wasn't great, but just to look at the impact they evidently had at half-time, they came out and really changed the game, controlled it and scored four goals and pretty much blew us away. Um, and that's the kind of impact that you usually only see from um, very experienced managers who know how to... Um, kind of manage how a game is going and really just turn it around despite how well the opposition are doing and for Darren Moore to do that kind of job in pretty difficult circumstances considering where the club was when he came in that's very impressive um and that might prove to be the case over the course of the season he might keep that up he might not but at the moment it's it's very encouraging
1: Definitely, I I agree with you on more. There, I've I've got a few written down, and I'll come to that. But more does seem very level-headed. They play some great football, and like you say, when they go behind, it doesn't seem to panic. It's all about playing decent attacking football, and um, I can relate to that because obviously they got a point at Sheffield Wednesday recently, also where they found themselves two 0 down with five minutes to go. And yes, I was pulling my hair out at the time, but you know that determination and that grit they they seem to be getting results week in week out whether that's a point or three so fair play to Moore because I, I didn't know whether they'd let's say an in inverted commons do a stoke where they are this season uh, stoke seem to be struggling to adapt to the championship at present um whereas yes West Brom find themselves right up there so that's all credit to Moore uh, yourself Kev uh, any thoughts on a, another manager or, or would you stick with more?
2: No, I think Moore's a decent pick I mean, if they'd have chosen him a bit earlier in the Premier League he, he might have kept him up mm. That's how close he got to in the end Obviously he's got the benefit of having a decent squad and decent finances there as well, but obviously like Stoke City, he's doing a much better job at West Brom um, than uh, Rowett is at Stoke because Rowett's got the same sort of money there and similar sort of squad if you like really but he's he's finding it a bit tough Um yeah, obviously, I think Bielsa is doing a fantastic job as well at Leeds. But I, yeah. obviously, I, w- I won't pick my own coach uh, for various reasons. But you can do it if uh, you want, Kev. We'll <laughs> let you off if you want no, to. No, it's okay. I mean, I think he's doing a brilliant. <laughs> I think he's doing a brilliant job, and he's a he's a breath of fresh air at the club. But I, I think um, I'll I'll I'd still go for somebody like Phil Parkinson or Paul Cook, really, at uh, mm. Bolton and Wigan respectively. Because yeah, yeah. No it's no experience. They had no, no expectations at all there at those two clubs, apart from relegation. And they're both sort of batting above their average at the moment. Bolton, 16th, for four victories. Wigan, 12 for five. Obviously, they've flipped down a little bit recently. But overall, I think they've both done wonderful jobs at clubs where there's, you know, there's not much budget going around at the moment. And they have to pick and choose what players came in pre-season. And I think they're both doing great jobs. And I know you're... Uh, hosting tonight uh louis but i've also got a shout out for uh, the wednesday coach as well uh, i don't know how to pronounce his surname is it Luhak? <laughs> uh yoss Kai, yeah um i think after the shaky start he sort of transformed them a little bit and he's gone into the top six now um so recent results have been very good for them and i think he's doing i think he's sort of getting his ideas across if you like to the uh, and it's Let's face it; he's got a decent squad there as well, and they, they all seem to be uh, sort of playing for him a little bit more now. So that, hence why they're sort of uh, in a good position. So maybe those three coaches, aside from Darren Marr, maybe Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, who's done a wonderful job again this mm. season, I think they're they're the pick of the bunch really, over uh, over the other coaches. And of course, I include Bielsa in that top six as well.
1: Yeah, it's strange actually because I've got other managers written down other than more. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, talking about Sheffield Wednesday, which which I can do. Um, yes, he has steadied the ship. I think we've only lost one game in eight now, and and the, it's it's a strange one. So a lot, of, I've been talking to a lot of people about it actually, and uh, we're not particularly playing great football. We're in games every game, uh, mm. but the best thing about what Lukai seems to bring at the minute is. We're forgetting about the performance. We're getting the result, and whether that's a win or a draw, that's what's seen us into the top six. And wow. and it's it's strange because under Carvajal, we we wanted obviously the result and the performance, and at times we we got that, um, especially in our season when we got to the playoff final. But at the minute, like like I say, the performances haven't been fantastic, other than maybe Villa away and West Brom at home this season, um, but. Yes, we're getting the results, and like I say, only only one loss in eight games now. And it's and, and if you've if you've got to run a run of form like that, as we know in the championship, it can see you into the top six. And I'm as surprised as anybody, but yes, we are there. We're sixth position in 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 the international break, so that's great from my perspective. But other managers hate to say it, but like you said, Kev, you can't look past Wilder. Wilders, obviously, top of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheffield United. I, I'm. I'm surprised. You know, they've gone under the radar a little bit. Everyone was looking at, obviously, Leeds, West Brom, your Middlesbrough's, and then Sheffield United, as everyone else seems to pick up a draw recently, and, and they're right up there after four wins on the bounce. So, fair play again to Wilder, because after last season, they overachieved, I thought. But, but, you know, based on this season, they seem to be, obviously, right up there again. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're going to go up, up automatic, but it's it yeah. again to Wilder. Um, I mentioned more obviously. The other one that i have uh, like to mention is uh, Tony Mowbray at Blackburn Rovers, um, again promoted yeah, yeah. and find themselves one point off the playoffs. Um, so shout, again, yeah, 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 Mowbray's doing fantastically well. And, and the other one no one's mentioned is um oh you may have done Kev but Paul Warren at Rotherham um I know Rotherham yeah, yeah. you know a, the sat 19th but I really thought that Rotherham would be this t- team this season where they were getting beat 3-0 week in week out and they'd literally finish on about 38 points well they've got 11 points so far sat in sat in 19th with three victories um they keep getting these little you know what 1-0 victories here and there and that's credit to Paul Warren. I think he's a decent manager he's just obviously got a lot of restrictions there but I think he's uh, doing very well uh, but yeah moving on we've we've obviously talked about manager of the season so let's let's discuss player of the season so far I've got quite a list actually you, I know we can <laughs> you could you could list 30 players I know you can uh, but is there anyone in particular what stands out for you guys
3: yeah uh, Neil Mopai for me um at Brentford just looking at the sheer amount of goals he's scoring, leading the charts yeah. with 10 and another three assists as well. Um, really good start to the season from him. So hopefully he can keep that up. Um, Harvey Barnes at West Brom, again, uh, another um, person we had a bad experience of on Saturday, um, scoring a really good goal against us. And I think Leicester are probably going to, think they probably should have kept, kept, kept hold of him, to be honest, because he's a very talented player and it's looking like he's, Probably one of the best players in the division, and can yeah, yeah. hopefully go on up into the Premier League at some point. I'm going well, to be there is, really. There
2: is talk about him going back to Leicester in January, by all accounts, yeah, at no, this
3: rate, right. I could I see that. Must have
2: recognised that they might have made a bit of a mistake there. So yeah, watch, watch that space on Barnes in January. I think is the order of the day on that one.
1: Mm, that'd be interesting. What were you saying? Sorry, Simeon? you were going to move on to something else.
3: I'm gonna be really cheeky and I'm gonna mention John Daddy Bodvarsen as well. I know he's not right at the very top in terms of uh, the goal scoring charts. He's a he's a few behind Mopai, but
1: oh, I don't know. He's you know, he's, he's still bagged seven goals, I believe, hasn't he? Yeah,
3: he's yeah, he's got seven and Mopai's got ten and there's a few other players around there. But just looking yeah. at the the rate at which John Daddy Bodvarsen is scoring goals, eighty one goals per minute, the yeah. best at eighty-one uh, minutes per goal rather, um, that'd be a bit of an odd <laughs> ratio.
2: Um, <laughs> I'd
3: be would ve- be very impressed if he managed that. Very impressed. That's better than um, that. But but seriously, that's the that's the best um, ratio in the league. It's even better yeah. than uh, Mopai, and um, it just goes to show that if we can get him in the team a bit more, and hopefully if he can shake off his injuries, this injury he's got at the moment, then he could quite realistically challenge at the top of the table in terms of um, uh, the goal scoring charts and that's something we're not really used to at Reading. Bar Jan Kermigant scoring goals for fun a couple of years ago, we typically don't have that kind of free scoring striker. So if John Dalybod bodvarsen can be that for us, then hopefully he can be a, a key player for us and perhaps one of the best in the league.
1: Yeah, but Varson's one of the players I had wrote down, actually. And and, and as was Mofay, you know, he's he's made 10 appearances, 10 goals and three assists, like you say. So to be scoring every game is just in this league is unbelievable. And that's one of the reasons why Brentford are where they are. Have you got any other players you'd like to uh,
2: name there, Kev? Um, Yeah, there's obviously, I like Roof. Roof's doing a good job at Leeds. And Mm. he's been been out injured since the end of... um, August, I think it was his last game was Middlesbrough when he when it was nil nil. He hasn't featured since, so it'd be good to have him back in the side after the international break because he was flying up to that point. So, but like to see him not and um, sort of move on and get a few more goals. Uh, the the main play for me, I mean, I think if he was in our team, I think it would be doing even better. Really, and it's it's a character I don't particularly like really, but I'm forced to pick him because he's standing out a little bit. It's Dwight Gale at um, at West Brom. Yeah. Um, eight goals a season in, in 11 appearances since he joined them. And five assists as well. Um, obviously, he first came to prominence at Peterborough a few years ago. He knocked in a few goals for them and went to Newcastle. Big money, moved to Palace. I thought it was okay at Palace, actually. I thought he was doing a decent job in the Premier League. Mm. Um but obviously, he flopped a bit at Newcastle in the Premier League, even though they could do with him now, I reckon, a, a little bit. But I think okay. he's, ma- he's mainly a championship striker, really, and he seems to be proving that point at the moment, and he seems to be on a bit of a high. Um, a new list of life at West Brom, and he's, he's doing really well. Like I said, if he was in the Leeds team, I reckon we'd be getting a few more goals and a few more victories. So he's the guy that sort of stands out a bit more. Obviously, I respect what Mope ma- is doing at Brentford, a smaller club, if you like overall but he's, he's doing a good job there um and um yeah but Gale for me would be would make a hell of a difference in, in our team
1: yeah I think Dwight Gale's one of those players isn't he where you put him in any championship club and they'd potentially be up there definitely top six mm. I think you know he's he's found his level in the championship where he knows he can potentially score week in week out and he's you know, it's about purchasing a play like that that's worth twenty million pounds plus, really. Um, So yeah, Dwight Gale's definitely up there. He's on my list as well. The the one other one that I'd like to mention that is at Leeds. I thought Pontus Janssen's having a really good season, Kev. At Leeds yeah, United, I agree, yeah, I agree. He he's yeah. been he's been very very solid. Uh, a couple more that I've written down is uh, Bradley Dack. I mean, he's obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Catching Flying, a yeah. few eyes at the minute, yeah, at Blackburn. Nine appearances, six goals, two assists. And obviously, Link, we a move away from the club and and roughly a, a £20 million transfer fee, I think, Blackburn are after. Uh, whether someone would pay that, I don't know. But maybe that's cheap uh, these days. Um, the other one at Birmingham, actually, Lucas, I'll probably pronounce it wrong, but Lucas Jukovic, Um 12 appearances, six goals, two assists. He seems to really be uh, doing well as of late. I know he scored that hat-trick recently, which boosted his figures. But yes, he's he's having a decent season at Birmingham. And then from, again, my perspective, I can't not mention... Uh, Barry Bannon actually uh, I'm hoping that you don't think I'm biased but Bannon's been just instrumental this season for us in midfield He's, he kind of pulls the strings and obviously his passing ability and he scored two cracking goals this season also so I thought I'd just mention him as well <laughs> um, but moving on to your clubs basically um, obviously like I have mentioned it is the international break so we can all reflect on our season so far as you like um, let's Let's go to you, Simeon. What's Reading's expectations now then for the rest of the season? Obviously, they find themselves 21st. Um, is that where you believe they're going to finish or do you think they can push up the table or, or do you feel the worst? What, what are your thoughts?
3: I think we're, to be honest, more than capable of getting a lot higher than that. You look at the mm-hmm. performance we put in in the first half at West Brom where To be quite honest, we outplayed them and we play like a top six side. Um, There is a decent amount of quality in our side, not enough to um, properly trouble the top half the table. But when we're playing well, when we're confident, as we have shown on a few occasions, we're more than capable of um, playing really well and looking like a good side, to be honest. The problem has been consistency or a lack of it and a lack of morale and belief as well. And that showed on saturday collapsing so um pathetically to be honest in the second half if we can um hopefully bounce back from that then there's no reason why we can't finish um perhaps lower mid table and that starts just off the international break and we've got a game against um millwall at home which is a one of those matches you should be kind of um earmarking as a as a win hopefully if we can get it um but if we can't win those kind of games and we, we haven't been doing it recently, you look at losing at home to QPR, kind of side that we should be beating, no disrespect to them, yeah. um, then if we can't do it, then we are going to stay around this kind of spot in the table. But if we can get those wins, if we can start to pick up a little bit of momentum, then I'm, I'm confident that relegation won't be on the cards.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Reading have got enough quality to jump up the table uh, compared to some other teams in the league. But after, I'm going to ask you as well, after two losses on the bounce Simeon, has the international break come at a a decent time for Reading?
3: Normally I'd say no, to be honest. Um, Mm.
1: Because
3: when you have such a disappointing game like um, the one we had up at West Brom, you want to kind of remedy it as soon as possible. You want to get out on the pitch again. You want to um, have an opportunity to win a game as soon as possible yeah. and to kind of purge those um, those uh, that negativity from the last game. But just looking back to the last international break um, we had this season, we lost our last game before it. It was a home game against Sheffield Wednesday. I'm sure you remember it. Really good goal yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from reach that day and Bannon was excellent. But um, we bounced back really well after the international break. I'm not sure why that was, whether it was kind of having that break allowed us to reset but after that we um, beat Preston North End, we beat um, whole City around that time as well so assuming that we can or at least hoping rather that we can have a similar uh, impact from this international break then I'd like to think it's come at a good time but it's too early to tell.
1: Yeah I suppose you're only as good as your last game and, and obviously when the next fixture comes it's it's one they'll be looking to win but like I say if <laughs> if, if you lose that game then like you, you, you'd never know if the international break's good or bad do you it's, it's it's a strange one uh question to you then Kev I'm guessing you're gonna say that the international breaks come at a, potentially a decent time for Leeds <laughs> uh, especially with all the injuries that you've got at the minute and, and you'll be wanting to recoup those players and, and have a fully fit starting 11 I know of few of those players are out for a while now but what are your thoughts on that the international break good or bad for you
2: um yeah i think it is a good time um obviously first five games we got 13 from 15 points second five games only six so yeah that sort of coincided with us losing pablo hernandez and kia Roof, and it'd be great to have those two players back in the team after the international break, and hopefully, we can get moving again to get some victories under our belts instead of just settling for draws. Uh, obviously, I'll be happy with another one defeat in the next 12 games as well, like we've achieved now. Uh, that put us on 46 from 24 games, which is promotion um, you know, form, really.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
2: hopefully, won't, uh, I don't know how long Douglas is going to be out. We're missing him on the left hand side of the moment, but hopefully, he'll be back soon as well. Bamford's a long-term injury until about January time. So if we get and Hernandez back in the team, that'll be a massive plus for us, especially a tough game uh, after the break as well, away to Blackburn. So it'd be nice to have them two back in the side because they make a massive difference. They would have made a massive difference to some of the draws that we settled for instead of uh, going for the three points. They could have made a massive difference in in those games. So yeah, um, let's hope they're back and um, Let's hope they, when they do come back, they continue where they left off with some uh, magnificent form that they left behind.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm guessing when they do come back, I'm I'm an admirer of Hernandez. I think he's a great player and he can be instrumental in midfield, etc. and and a great attacking threat. So when they do get those type of players back, I don't see why they can't continue that form. But the question also to you, Kev, about expectations, obviously. Mm. We've had the first quarter of the season with Bielsa in charge. Impressive so far. Uh, But where do you see Leeds
2: at Christmas and and beyond that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, obviously, under Bielsa, I thought we'd get off to a bit of a shaky start, actually, because obviously new, new ideas... Uh, New training methods, I thought it would take us about 10 games to actually get used to it. But we just sort of uh, flew into it straight away. And like I said, we had an amazing August, uh, unbeaten. And um, obviously it was just the squad, the the depth of the squad really that worried us a little bit. If we lost Hernandez was nobody to replace him, and yeah. obviously, Young Tyler Roberts is only nineteen and he's up up front on his own at the moment. So we're putting a lot of pressure on some young kids at the moment, but they seem to be handling it quite well. But there's nothing like, uh, you know, uh, players have got you know a few years under the belt, and obviously, Hernandez comes under that under that uh, sort of label, and you you do miss a player of his ability that can change your game with just a little pass or a little free kick or. A little, you know, a, a bit of class that other teams that I have in this league. You know, every every team needs needs that Hernandez in the team that could make a difference. And obviously with this talk about Radziani today, wanting um, a Premier League two to be set up to take over the championship. But obviously every club wants to be in the Premier League. So that is our yeah. goal. And hopefully Bielsa now, he knows the league. He's got 12 games under his belt and I think, you know, hopefully he'll know what it takes to get this team promoted.
1: Yeah, a lot of people quickly talk about the wheels coming off at Leeds like they do. Um, Do do you think that could potentially happen or, or don't you see that under BL? So I know they talk about obviously... The energy and and yeah, the, you know, do you think that could happen or not, or do you think January might be a lifeline that transfer window?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think it, I think a bit of both, really. Uh, I don't think we should panic if we start losing games because I think Bielsa has everything under control. He has a lot of respect from the players. Uh, obviously, uh, people do talk about his intense training methods, and how teams do tire out as the season goes on. But hopefully, you know, we're talking about the championship here now. Uh, hopefully, the players will be suited to this in the, in this particular league. Mm. Obviously, we've got Izzy Brown on our books now as well, and he won't be ready until January. He'd be a great player to come in for the likes of maybe Saez, who who might tire a little bit as the season goes on. With the heavy pitches and stuff so i think blc has things under control but you can say ne- never say never with leeds I mean, the wheels could come, literally come off uh, tomorrow uh with the if something amazing might happen at the club that nobody knows about but hopefully this is the most contained and most relaxed i think leeds fans have been in the, in a long while now and i think they're just enjoying the football to be honest with you the, the football that we're watching now is a level 10 times the level above what it was under the bottom yeah, and even and even Christians, to, to a lesser degree. you know Everybody's just enjoying going down to the home games, watching the games and watching them away from home as well, where we still remain unbeaten, of course, as well. Uh, the, the, our game seems to suit uh, the away performances a bit better than the home games at the moment. But hopefully we can get a mixture of, of the two as the season goes on and it'll take us in the right direction.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm looking at the league table as well, actually. Um, and yes, Leeds do and have been one of the most impressive and most attracting football teams this season so far. Uh, but it's just interesting to see that Sheffield United are obviously top of the league, um, and they've uh, they've lost three games this season, whereas Leeds United are two points behind and have only lost one. And we talk about draws killing teams, and and that's just a good example of that. Uh, the team at the top have lost two more than Leeds who were sat in third yeah. um, so that might be something where Bielsa uh, doesn't have that experience as such in this league about uh, d- drawing games uh, where Sheffield United are replicating what they did last season where they hardly drew any games at all and they basically they <laughs> won or lost and it, and it kept them right up there on the table and, and they seem to be doing the same again but I'm going to put you on the spot now so I'm going to come to yourself Simeon um, obviously like I say we're we're just over a quarter of the way through the season. So, if you were to now again reflect on the season so far based on early indications, 12 games in, who we are three for promotion and who we are three for relegation?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I guess looking at promotion at the moment, you've got to look at West Brom to be honest, looking at just how many goals they're scoring. Um, yeah. Similarly, Middlesbrough barely conceding any goals and staying hard to beat. I know they lost against Forest but you imagine they'll be able to bounce back from that and get over the line so I'm not sure about the order whether they're going to get automatic or or playoffs but I can I'd back Middlesbrough and and West Brom as well Um, I can see Sheffield United just falling away to be honest. Um, I know they've started really well, obviously they're top of the league at the moment but just probably haven't quite got that same edge that other teams around them have got and I can imagine Leeds just slightly pipping them um again whether it's automatics or playoffs I'm not quite sure at the moment but for me probably Leeds West Brom and Middlesbrough um for different reasons other end of the table um I can see that bottom three staying the same to be honest um Preston Ipswich and Hull um
1: well oh, that surprises it, it, me. I, I didn't think you'd go with Preston. I know we give James some stick, but I can see <laughs> them going finishing halfway this season. Uh, but yeah, uh, Preston, Ipswich, and Hull, you say? Yeah, interesting. Uh,
3: I, I think it's likely to be them. I'm, I'm not quite sure to be honest, because before the start of the season, I was looking at Bolton and Rotherham as basically bankers to go down, um, pretty much sure fires. But you just look at the way that they've started the, yeah, the season. Rotherham picking up a couple of one 0 wins, as you mentioned earlier. Bolton um being very hard to beat and they're pretty high up the table in comparison to where people thought they would be and they might well it, it does look like they are defying expectations they might collapse in the second half of the season you can't rule that out for anyone but i guess maybe one of those two but yeah you got to be worried about the bottom three too um i'm i'm confident about reading for mention for reasons that i mentioned earlier so mm-hmm. Hopefully, won't be talking about us being in the in the bottom three at the end of the season. But, um, but there you go one, one of those two, one of those now, couple of teams. I,
1: I think you'll uh, I think you'll do just fine as well. What about yourself, Kevs? What are your thoughts on promotion and, and the relegation teams?
2: Well, obviously, I'm biased a little bit on promotion, but I think West <laughs> I think West Brom leads automatic. That's what I'm hoping for on our side, anyway, and maybe Forrest to pip the. Uh, playoff positions um then again i could change my mind next week and pick, pick I know. Other, it's, two, it, two it is other so teams. difficult yeah <laughs> you could
1: pick 12 teams really couldn't you well, exactly. it, is, it, yeah. it is very difficult um, what about but, at the bottom yeah. half
2: yeah um very much like um, yeah i think Simeon let like said um whole Ipswich, i think if switch will recover actually and um do quite well now with that victory at Swansea so for me I'm going to go for Rotherham even though he said Paul Wan's doing a good job he is but he's got mm-hmm. his hand tied behind his back a little bit, I think they could suffer as the season goes on a little bit I think I agree, Millwall, yeah. Millwall might suffer a little bit as well they haven't had a great start, I know they pick things up a little bit as the season goes on but I think teams have sussed them out a little bit now, even at the new den they look a bit fallible so Rotherham, Millwall, maybe Hull I think Hull are doing a bit of a Sunderland, really. They're sort of sinking like a stone a little bit. And no matter what, I know Atkins says we were the best team that is played in the Championship. I think he was just sort of covering himself a little bit, how bad Hull City are playing at the moment. And I think Hull, Millwall, Rotherham for me. But once again, next week, I could pick another couple of teams there as instead. But certainly but for something, yeah, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, it is it is difficult. But if I was to choose also, I'm going to replicate what Simeon said regards promotion. I've got those three also. Uh, for me, West Brom, Middlesbrough and Leeds. Uh, one of mm-hmm. those via the playoffs. I don't know in what order. Or, you know, yeah. in, in first or second, I don't know. And, and I'm, none of those teams would care. But yeah, for me, it's West Brom, Leeds and Middlesbrough. At the bottom, all along, at the beginning of the season, I went for uh, Rotherham, QPR and Bolton. Um, mm. Now the season's gone on, I'm going to kind of replicate what you've said, Kev, in terms of Rotherham. <laughs> I think um, as yeah. injuries and suspensions come along and you know we get to Christmas, I can still see Rotherham uh, dropping down the league and potentially be relegated, although mm-hmm. I hate to say it because I think one's doing a good job. Um, and yeah, QPR. I still think they might be down there, to be honest. Yeah. So the other the team I am going to take out and swap is actually Bolton. They they've impressed me this season, and I yeah, think yeah. I, yeah. I do fear for Hull City. So I'm now going to change my mind slightly, but I'm going to put Hull City in there with Rotherham and QPR. Unfortunately, um, yeah. with that we're out of time, guys. So if you would like to tell the listeners where they can find you, uh, find you now would be a good time.
2: Yeah, uh, League United website. Um, and also League United underscore mad. All the information, all the uh, latest news about Leeds can be found on there. And if you want to follow me on League United mad, uh, please do so.
3: I'm editor of the Tar West End, a Reading uh, website. We've got a podcast as well. And on our website, we write all about Reading news, um, opinion, analysis, all the rest of it. So go check us out on Twitter at the Tar West End. And you can find me on Twitter at Sim from
1: Bucks. And I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. You can also follow the show at Championship Pod, where we uh, obviously update all the shows. You can check our pin tweet to so obviously keep listening uh, week on week. We also have polls and uh, general discussions around the results of the weekend, etc. Uh, but I'd like to thank everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time.